Welcome to the Talking About Life podcast. I am your host, Ian Lepkowski. On Twitter, my handle is at K-O-W-S-K-Y underscore E-T-H, as in the first three letters of Ethereum. I am Kowski.eth is my uh, like handle thing or tag or whatever, the thing that's not the at thing. And uh, today we have another episode, and we're incredibly grateful. We always start the episode off by thanking God, thanking Source, Energy, the universe for providing whatever magic brings these guests to our show. And then we also thank the guest for being here, agreeing to come on to the show, being vulnerable, sharing their stories, sharing their passions and positivity with us. Today, we are lucky enough to have our guest, Brittany Moss, on the show. Her uh her at on Twitter is at BMAAS287. Her bio reads, I love everything internet business, sales, and food related. Working at a wonderful company called Inc. Authority and doing my thing, hashtag FIL Community Mod. FIL Community is first in line, the Gary V community. For those who don't know, it's on Facebook. I've been in it. I just joined the chats on there because Britt put me on to that. There was a new chat feature since I joined the group, and now I'm a part of that, and I'm thankful for that as well. Britt, how are you doing tonight, and how are you doing in general? And you know, feel free if you want to give yourself a little introduction beyond what I said, and then we'll hop right in. Uh, hey, Sorry, no, um, I'm good. I think you did pretty good at uh, introducing me to everybody. And um, I was actually just dropping the link in the first online community because the chat, um, actually, because um, earlier today, one of the members in the chat was saying how they used to use Twitter, but they stopped. And I've, you know, just been encouraging them to continue using it as well as others in the chat and then um somebody on twitter posted or tweeted to just stop hesitating and tweet so i quoted it and then once i set it out i um screen screenshot it and sent it over to the community and tagged that member and encouraged others like hey join in and everything it's there's improvements and it's going well and blah, blah, blah. And then somebody just said, Hey, you know, I should get back in there. I was like, well, coincidentally, I'm joining this podcast here with Ian. So why don't you uh, join in? So who knows? Fuck yeah. And I, I love the spirit of, you know, just do it. The Nike slogan, of course, but it's bigger than that, right? It's, I always, uh, or not always, sometimes I'll post, this is something I'll post more than once. I'll tweet it out every once in a while, just as a tip to people and myself, hold myself accountable. I always find when I tweet advice, I'm like more accountable to that advice. It's like, okay, I just gave that advice to people. I definitely need to follow it. I can't be a fucking hypocrite. So I put out like, if it takes less than five minutes, do it the moment you think about it, do it the minute, the second you think about it, you know, if it's going to be an hour, then maybe, (laughs) maybe you got to plan it out. But if it's yes. five minutes or less, do it. So that's exactly uh, the philosophy you're talking about. You're embodying, and I love it. And, trying you know, the first least. thing – sorry, go ahead. So trying to at least. Hell yeah. Yeah, that's it. You you hold yourself accountable. You fall down. You pick yourself up. You do your best. Maybe you miss one. You do the next one. You get back in it. Now, exactly. we were talking about the um, the first-in-line community. I yeah. I am aware that you are one of the mods of the community. It's in your bio. Um, do you want to tell people just how you went from, you know – you know, started off here, how you went from not being a mod <laughs> of that community to becoming a mod of the community. Um, yeah, so it's been an interesting adventure, I will say. Um, 
which most things in life I believe are and for me definitely has been um but with the community so I had originally joined in 2018 and that was the year I had actually been introduced to Gary Vaynerchuk anything um I found that community and realized where he was everywhere I knew I'd seen him on, you know, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, people talked about him and everything. But when I joined the first online community, I started to be introduced to things like 137 and, you know, all sorts of the channels and different things that he's actually into and creating. Um, It's actually probably what got me on Twitter in the first place. Um, I was terrified of Twitter, actually, because of my background as a Jehovah's Witness. Um, They're very hush-hush and very particular about social media and whether you're allowed to use it and how and when and how much time and for what. And, you know, people will create stock accounts where they just follow members and all that crap. So... You know, for me, it was kind of just breaking out into an adventure for me, along with learning more about what Gary was actually doing. Yeah, Um, that makes sense. Yeah, so fast forward to 2020. um, Sorry, 2020. um, (laughs) I had to make a major life change and... Um, like most people during that time, I mean, it was COVID, so that increased aspects of it for me and the experience, but, um, I lost access to my old account and once I was able to rejoin, it wasn't actually until 2021, um, but I joined back in with a new Facebook account. Just, um, just curious, a tangent, like what happened with the old account? Like they blocked you out or you forgot the password um, or like old email or something? Well, it's pretty personal, so... Oh, um, well, let's skip over that. Keep it keep going. You know, you know, we don't have to click on that. I mean, it's one of those things that, you know, I'm, I've recovered from and everything, and I'm a lot stronger, but realistically, it was a bad relationship. I had to, you know, get out and do to, again, that witness background and leaving it. Um, you know, family wasn't there to actually help, so instead I came out to Nevada. Um, but in that process, I lost the old phone number that I had and I lost access to the email account that was attached to the old one and had to burn your old identity to, and start over. Pretty new much. I get it. Yeah. I mean, my old Twitter account, everything, um, basically they were all tied into accounts that the asshole, um, had control over and I I made the determination that I just wasn't gonna, you know, basically just fucking start over kind of thing. But yeah, and I just want to say I'm incredibly sorry that happened to you. That's fucked up. That's not like, you know, it's an unfortunate thing that, you know, you lived through and went through. And then I also want to say I commend you for, you know, having the strength to fucking do that anyway, to fucking just cut all the cords that were tying you to the, you know, bad shit and, you know, realize you needed like a blank new canvas to start on and you just did it. Yep. And I know that's not easy. I, you know, I haven't done exactly that, but I, you know, I've had to start over new in certain things in my life and I just know starting new in anything, it's, it's not easy. And, no. you know, I commend you for that. So that's awesome. Thank you. 
I mean, for me, I would say this sec this is the second time that I've had to start over. Um, when I left being a Jehovah's Witness, that was in 2018. Um, that was the first time that I had to completely start over. Um, and that was drastic and crazy for its own reasons. Um, whereas 2020, it was realizing just how bad of a situation I was in and thanking God that, um, even though I ended up homeless in Reno when I first got here, um, I was alive. And the fact that I'm alive today and survived all of the very interesting coolness and scariness of homelessness in Reno, um, you know, is just incredible to me. So anyway, it's, it's so it's amazing that you survived homelessness. I, I just is this is like an aside, but I, you may find this interesting. I, you know, you're coming from Jehovah's Witness. I don't know exactly the spiritual beliefs, and I know you left, but I, I have a larger belief in God and a bigger picture outside of religion. I don't subscribe to one, but I find it interesting. My last guest on the last episode had also mentioned that he had a period of his life yes. where he was like in Costa Rica. Oh yeah, you listened to the episode, right? So you heard yes. that, right? So you uh -huh. must have that right. Like, isn't that? I, I just yep. find that an interesting synchronicity of life where. You know, you both had that experience and I don't think any guest before that said it, but then two in a row said it. And it's just like, I don't know, there's yeah. like an energy, you know, in the moment. And, you know, he he got to a place where he got out of that and, you know, he got back on his feet. You're you're talking about a similar journey where, you know, it's you, obviously you're still dealing with some of it, I would imagine, emotionally. But, you know, you're <laughs> you, you cut, you run, you, you started new, you know, you're 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 making exactly. all the right moves. And, um, you know, I think he was. Well, uh a little bit older than I am. And, you know, he was, he was saying, he, you know, he's got older kids and it's working out. So just, just exactly. hopefully that inspired you. And, you know, just as well, a reinsurement that you could be homeless and fucking live to some age and have your dreams, you know, it's, it, it, it could all be positive. Well, and that's the thing. Um, if you actually look around at a lot of major players in the financial and business world, a lot of them, if you look at their stories, either they're like me, where they had to start over and legitimately went homeless um, more than once, or, you know, the Gary Vaynerchuk's where their family, I mean, he was homeless as a refugee, as a child, you know, so when you start to look around at just how many, um, successful and highly successful people have actually hit that point where they're homeless. Um, you start to realize why they're able to do what they're doing. Um, and I kind of knew that going in this time in Reno, because for me, you know, listening to those stories and being able to understand that other people who are highly successful have survived this so if i can just get through this i got this um yeah and i i agree with you just to echo that there's a phrase i've heard and it could be botching it but it's similar to a tree's branches can only grow as deep as its roots go exactly. and the idea behind it is like everything that happens in the light and in the goodness like there's a balance for that somewhere and that that's true, not just for trees, you know, it's a metaphor, obviously it, it's, yes. it's true in people's lives. And I, you're right. I I've, I've in my pursuit of success, 
then, you know, looking to listen to TED Talks and check out bios or audibles and try to like listen in on like, what do these people have in common that I need to be doing that's working for like all or most of them. And it's, you know, there's the cold showers and this and that, but it, beyond that, a lot of it is darkness. A lot of it is pain and trauma and, and like relating to, you know, the worst conditions of the world so that you have those deep, deep roots. And that's what makes it possible to reach the light. And that, you know, you, you know, the, the idea of the quote is you can't even get that far in the light. Like, like it's equal. It's equivalent on both sides. So I think Oprah or something like, you know, a lot of people know her and she's wonderful. And I looked into her backstory and I think she was like raped or sexually abused as a child. Yes, and exactly. right. So, you know, yeah. and right. So, you know, we could echo I mean, a bunch of them, but it's all these people. And you're right. It's not just like sometimes or you could. It's almost like you actually like it's like you have to, which is like a weird way to think about it. But well, there's people who don't. But it's like you it's like you most of the yeah, time, have mean, to, you know, or even the people who it looks like they don't. Maybe there's something I don't know. It's like I think that might be a spiritual truth. I don't know if it's 100 percent true for 100 percent of people. I don't like to speak in absolutes, but it's largely true. I agree. I I also believe that you're kind of one or the other as far as reactions and situations go. Um, you know, here's an example, not about the homelessness and everything, but um, my one of my relatives, um, my grandmother, um, she had multiple strokes through the years as she aged. That's a pretty common thing in my family. Um, sorry to but, hear that. I, my family too. And I'm sorry to hear that. Thank you. Um, and it's, you know, I, I watched her, you know, decline and ants and stuff like that, but you know, unfortunately with her as well as her sisters, which was a weird phenomenon that we found in just the women. Her brother was not the same, but, and he survived the longest. But when her health continued to decline with the multiple strokes, she did not follow through on therapy. So because of that, she ended up continuing to get worse as far as needing to use a walker and then you know a wheelchair and all that crap and so I saw quite vividly at a very young age the difference between people who had strokes who recovered who put in the work um versus my grandma and my aunts unfortunately because they just wanted to kind of be spoiled and you know, they'd worked very hard as women in that generation. I mean, my grandma was born in 1932. So, you know, she was pretty much like, I'm done. Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll pretend to do these exercises. But I don't think she fully understood just how much it was hurting her until it was to a point where she couldn't change anything, you know. Um, but the one physical therapist that my mom worked for and that my grandparents used and family used um, explained to my mom from the get-go uh, when she first started having strokes that if she didn't put in the work now, she, she's not gonna. And she's just gonna get worse because they've seen two categories of people. And they'd been doing this. It was a family business in this, my hometown for generations by the time I was growing up so they knew at that point statistically you're one or the other you either put in the work or you don't 
and I saw the same thing in homelessness. I, I have these people in my mind that I kind of call ghosts just because in my mind, I know that they're perpetually homeless at this point in time, or at least the last time I knew them. And I didn't necessarily see that changing. They may not even be alive today. You know, I hope they are, but I don't know. You know, and that's just a fact because I saw it and I knew I was going to have to claw my way out of it and haul ass to get to where I needed to be and wanted to be. Yeah, it's daunting, but it's like, you know, you did it. So, yeah, I, I can't even imagine like I, I and, and, and you must I would, you know, it must you, right. You must still think about it, right? Yeah, I mean, you know. I've started talking recently about the possibility of moving back home uh, to help with my parents and kind of get some stuff set up there as well with business. But part of that too is for me, you know, I enjoy Reno and I am planning on kind of starting to kind of set stuff up, hopefully with some peeps um, to keep a hub here. Um, However, there's a lot of memories and sometimes it's not always great. Um, you know, I do have PTSD and part of that is, you know, the, the shit. Um, but overall, well, so we're, uh, we're, we're siblings. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So you understand. (laughs) Yeah. A hundred percent. Now let me, let me ask you, I know we started off with, um, talking about the, uh, Facebook, but, Clearly, you know, and I knew, but I know, I know the Jehovah's Witness. It's central to everything. Do you want to just take a minute, um, because it's so intricately weaved with everything else? Do you want to just kind of recap, like, yes, way you're yeah. comfortable as deep or as not deep? Like, first off, you know, I don't know everything about Jehovah's Witness. I know some things. I, I don't know others. So, if you want to just kind of okay. give an overview, and then you know why that conflicted with your perspective, and then you know just that kind of you, you get what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. Um. That'll be fine. And then honestly, I'm, I'm fine with answering questions. What I will say is, you know, if I get to a point where I, I won't discuss it further at this point, you know, we I'll never, we never push boundaries. It. So it's, exactly. It's, so it's, it's, it's yeah, whatever <laughs> do or don't want to say. Perfect. Um, this is not, this is not crossfire. <laughs> the overall belief per- perspective of Jehovah's witnesses, they are Christians. They do, um, believe in Jesus and the ransom. Um, they are heavy believers in the Bible's promises of paradise, along with a heavenly hope as well for certain amounts of people in the Bible. Um, so that kind of differs from a lot of mainstream Christians in that most Christians are taught and believe that when they die, they will either go to heaven or hell. Um, But realistically, the Bible has multiple different outlooks and describes a little bit differently than I would say mainstream Christians understand or um, accept. Whatever the case, um, I would say other things, they don't celebrate most holidays. Um, So Christmas, Easter, Easter, Halloween is a big no-no, stuff like that. Um, They do celebrate um, the Memorial of Jesus' death, which is around the same time as Easter um, and stuff, but that's about it as far as 
their what people would consider a holiday or a celebration per se. Um, it's not very celebratory. So what what is the um pursuit, if that's the way to phrase it? The pursuit is, I would say, most is their their preaching work at this point in time. Uh, you know, for me, I spent. 30 years of my life preaching and um, talking to people about the Bible um, as well as taking part in what I would describe as a jo- uh, a separate community. It's they it's called the brotherhood. Um, that is the description in a brother and sisterhood. That's what I would still describe it as even being outside of it and never going back. Um, but, you know, I know that I've been, for example, uh, I lived in Mexico for about six months as a witness doing the Bible preaching work there. And on the way back with my ex-husband, our car broke down on the side of the highway. So. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah. And he's a mechanic. Um, oh, well, that, that's good. That's if you want to break down with someone, it's a mechanic. Uh, we so you know how I know about dealing upgrading to veggie fuel is yes, him. I, um, we I, were I in a diesel Jetta on the way back, actually, and he melted pistons because he was driving so fast up the fucking mountains in the heat that um, we melted pistons in a diesel motor. So it blew up. Man, how, how fast do you have to, to drive to, like, I don't, I'm, I'm an well, auto right literate. How fast do you have to drive to melt pistons? Have, and have, have you or anyone here driven in Mexico <laughs> and how fast they actually drive? I was in Mexico. There was like no lanes. You could drive on either side yep. of the road that there's no yep. police or something. I, like, ever, I, people are driving 110 miles an hour. I got it. Yeah. So, yes. so I guess. Yes. And a truck, no less. Jeez. Yes, so that's basically, we were driving between Monterey and uh, Laredo, and that's, we were, I can remember vividly, we were driving up a hill and going at least 100 miles an hour in a diesel, which generally diesels don't go that fast, Um, (laughs) but he had done things to it, so that was the other thing, it had been modified, Um, so that didn't help. But we're going up this hill, and then all of a sudden, we both feel, you know, like if you're in a plane and the engine's cut off, and, you know, you you can imagine the people's faces dropping, that's, you know, the well, you're going we had. Yes. And yeah. then we start coasting down the hill, and he's trying to start it, and trying to start it, and trying to start it, it's not, and we're both just like, probably the motor, but let's hope not. And it was um, the motor, the piston. It was. What, I mean, a, what a predicament. How, so what happened? So what I would say is the witness community kind of stepped in. We were able to call our friends back in Monterey who did not have vehicles, mind you. Um, we were about, we had spent most of our time in central Mexico, about four hours from Guadalajara. Um, it's a city called Uruapan. Um, so we were, you know, technically 12 hours, but anyone driving in Mexico would be like a nine hour drive from where we were. 
from our friends that had vehicles that could help. Um, <laughs> so our friends in Monterey, though, they were on their way to a local kingdom hall to go preaching. And so they went decidedly saying, hey, our friends are stuck on the side of the highway. We don't have a car. Does anyone have a car that can help us? And this one couple said, sure, but our car can't go over 45. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So they eventually made it. Um, Fortunately, we were on the paid highway. So what that means in Mexico is that it includes a free tow to the nearest toll booth. And so that also means protection and, you know, not getting robbed and shit. So uh, we, we took that. We got to the toll booth and then waited for our friends. Now, while they were doing that, um, the, our friends continued making arrangements. Um, they ended up figuring out how to get us towed. Um, I think through our insurance or whatever. So we figured that all out. Um, but you could only be towed to the nearest spot of safety or shop kind of thing. So our friends in Monterey made arrangements with the closest kingdom hall to where we were. Um, and they offered to let us park it in their parking lot until we could figure out what to do with it. Uh, which was gated because all of them are gated there for protection. So we knew it'd be safe. <laughs> um, you, well, I don't know that term, but I'm a, is that like a Jehovah's Witness community? Sorry, bill? yeah, that's their church. A church, okay. Yeah, that's their normal church um, and everything. So by the time we were getting there, you know, again, all of the friends just were starting to continue to make connections. Um, you know, the ones that could showed up physically and helped and just kind of kept us calm. And, you know, honestly, for me, it was a very spiritual journey. Um, I kept praying and, you know, for me, I recognized at least as a witness and a female, you know, men are the head. So it was like, well, he was driving, he got us into this. And technically, if I just let him make the decisions and we just figure this out and I let go of the stress of all of this, you know, I think it'll go better. And, you know, that's pretty much what happened. One thing after another, um, it, it worked out. We ended up fixing the vehicle um, in Nuevo Laredo, Texas. There were witnesses there that had a shop that let us just use a bay and their tools. His, my ex-husband's parents shipped a new motor and clutch down. So we installed that. So within a matter, it took two weeks longer to get back up and running and a lot more money. Um, But we were able to get back up on the road and get home and, you know, continue on with life. Now, let me, I want to clarify, you said most of the people you know who are Jehovah's Witnesses don't have cars? No, no, the ones down in Monterey in Mexico, the the friends that we particularly had there were incredibly poor witnesses, I would say. They were Americans living there who just pretty much taught English online and 
paid what they needed to to survive. Okay, but that's not part of right? Because I know you said they have like um like a philosophical opposition to like a certain amount of social media and like certain communications, Correct. but like our thing, that's that's just a personal thing. That's not like like that. that's a personal thing and financial okay. thing and where you live and all that stuff that, you know, the, I would say the car aspect is where it gets into things that are what witnesses call a matter of conscience, but the witnesses get restrictive about, um, that's kind of one of the things that did ultimately help me leave was just being exhausted, honestly, and truly after I spent infancy on in the organization and my dad is still a minister there and was my whole life. So for me, I was utterly exhausted with the questions and the conversations that just I'd been having over and over and over. And ultimately it would fall down to, you know, there's this illustration in the scriptures where the apostles are trying to help members in the congregation get along over which ones would um eat pork and which ones wouldn't because of their Jewish background and stuff like that. And, you know, the one apostle basically spoke up and said, you know, to one person who eats sacrificed animals, I will eat what they serve me. And if I'm with people that won't eat animal sacrificed to idols, then I won't eat what eat that when I'm with them. I respect them. And that's ultimately how I view life at this point. You know, if you want to live and do that, then you live and do that. And as long as it's not hurting people and it's positive and it's good, then whatever, you know. A little um, uh, when in Rome, so to speak. Yes, 100%. Now, so, yeah. What what were the most restrictive um like rules that you were most opposed to that really like kind of most motivated to be like, these, these are the last straws. Like, you know, it sounds like there's a bunch of things. I'm sure some of them were like, more, <laughs> this isn't a big, what were the like worst ones? Um, for me, I would say not being able to really consider marijuana as a medicine option. My husband had pretty much decided that unless my doctor agreed to it, he wouldn't, allow it and you know in the organization that's it that is considered a conscience matter as far as whether you're allowed to take you know pill form or edible form marijuana for medicine or not and if you're the head of household says no it's a no kind of thing um and when you, you say know, conscience would that be similar to the concept of sin so to speak or is it a little different it's different in the sense that it's not technically a sin it's you know in the bible there's specific laws and things like that versus if it's not written in the law it's up to you to decide what's best for you and your family gray area correct okay. and witnesses struggle with the gray area because they're very sheep-like and the majority of witnesses, in my opinion, are essentially just kind of coaxed into needing guidance and support in pretty much every aspect. Like, if you could think of Ned Flanders almost, that's kind of how it was with certain ones. 
you know, and to a point it's where like, it's like if you have 90 percent of your life living in the black and white and you have 10 percent gray, that that 10 percent is chaos because you're so used to the 90 percent black exactly. and white. Yes. One zero and one binary, that kind of thing. And then yes. it's like, fuck is this gray? Like, it's so contradictory. Yeah. Or it's like 95, like what, you know what I mean? It's like, it's such yeah. a smaller percentage. It's like, you almost live as if it doesn't exist. And then when it comes, it's like, what? Ah, I, exactly. I, and my family lives in the gray area. I would say predominantly we, are, my family are creative and very questionable. And um, my parents taught us to question and research, um, not just to be able to teach others what we believed, but also to understand why we were being taught what we were being taught. However, I don't think they realize, and I hope in time they do, um, that what they helped me be able to do was leave eventually because I started to see enough red flags that, you know, for me, a lot of it stemmed from my ex-husband and the things there, which I will not get into, but, um, and not really being able to leave without complete freedom. Um, witnesses, especially as a woman, for most of my life, and... And I'm sorry, say, take a secondary role. You said that, right? So that's part of it. Yeah. Yeah. And in order to be able to really do anything you to pursue in the organization as far as doing more, you have to be married to the right man. You have to be married to the guy that actually wants to do those things and can actually achieve them. And what happened was my husband wanted to do those things. However, he was not capable of accomplishing them. And that eventually, with the other shit going on in there, caused me to ultimately be completely shut off and not know what to do because I couldn't leave, but it was pretty awful. So what do I do now? And eventually, you know, I had a gut instinct that it was time. Didn't fully understand it. I mean, when I left in January 2018, it was incredibly um, meditative and prayerful and trying to figure out what to do and why I felt the sense that I needed to leave. Was there but a like, was there, well, like, was, what was the final push or it just kind of came? Um, things with my ex-husband were getting to a point where something in my gut felt really uncomfortable. Um, I would say that my parents um, taught my sister and I evasive techniques you know, and to be very aware of our surroundings and to rely on our gut, even in nature. You know, my dad would take us on nature walks and teach us how to interact with animals and especially in groups, you know, figure out which one was the lead and show them the respect and caution that they deserve, but not be fearful um, and stuff like that. So something in my gut and core told me that I needed to leave, even if I didn't fully understand the the severity of the situation. It honestly wasn't until the end of last year, around September, that I found out more information about some recent activities with him, that I fully understand that my gut was right, that there was just an instinct that there was something wrong, and I felt like I was in danger for some reason, and I left, and I'm really grateful I did. 
Yeah, so it sounds like there was something like deep in your spirit, in your soul that kind of speaks to, you know, my beliefs that there's a force that if God exists, he transcends kind of, he's within and transcends all religions or he or she, like, you know, that's how I see it. And, you know, respect all beliefs, but I just think that's like a, a magic moment where, you know, you were kind of related, even if we have don't the same exact beliefs, there's a, there's a moment of connection there in our beliefs where it's like, you listen to the, like, I listen to that too. I also believe that there's like, you know, a voice of the world of my spirit of my intuition of my gut of the universe. And you know, that you got to exactly. fucking listen to it. Yeah. When it gets my loud. parents taught us that from a very young age, you know, and they, they always said, if you, if you ever don't feel safe in a situation, you do what you need to get out. Even if it takes a little bit. Um, I didn't think that they fully would understand why I left. It took a while for them to understand why I didn't even call them when I left. But, you know, something in me told me that it wasn't safe enough for me to even stay with people that I could trust. You had to go cold turkey, and that's what you got told you did. I think that's hard. I always tell people, trust your intuition. Like, I'll give people advice, but, you know, and this is a Buddhist quote, but don't take any of my advice, like, unless you try it and it works for you. Like, my advice works for me, and it probably works for a decent amount of people. But if it doesn't work for you, fuck that advice. Like, you find the advice exactly. that works for you. Listen to the messages of your soul that click. So I agree. Exactly. That was, I was telling someone that recently we're working together. I don't know if we'll really come back together. We'll see. Um, but it was kind of one of those fly or die moments. And I basically said what needed to be said. And, you know, we'll see what happens. But for me, um, I've taken great pains to create a positive space for myself, even if that means I don't socialize physically with people for a couple of days. Um, I'm okay with that. I get that. And, I, I, some, you know, I quiet space, sometimes a dark room and no sounds and just, you know, I don't know how you do it, but yeah, sometimes I need my space too. Yeah. I mean, for me too, I know that I am on the spectrum. Uh, my doctors wanted to d have my sister and I tested when we were kids for autism, but my parents said no because of the fears with pills and terms and everything back then. Um, so, I get it. Yeah. So for me, too, there's times I actually do need quiet. Um, you know, like today when I came home for lunch, I thought about bringing my speaker so I could listen to music while I was here in my apartment. But I actually was like, no, I need some quiet time just because after a little bit, my ears will hurt or, you know, um, it just creates too much. I would say fuzz in my brain that I don't actually get to relax and calm down for a little bit during lunch before I go back into the office for the last little bit. I get it. I, I live in the suburbs, but when I've gone on like vacation, certain places, I found that one of the most comfortable places for me is like a cave where there's like a lot of rock and you like crawl in there. Yes. It's like, yeah. I don't know if it's a real thing, but I feel like I'm cut off from like all the signals or something. Like it's not making yes. it stick through the rock and like it's quiet and it's dark. And it's like, I just feel like spiritual or something. And like, that's my fucking zone. So yes. the, the suburbs is sometimes I'll come out to my garage. That's what, that's where I am now. I have like a space heater and stuff, but it's like, you know, I like the cave. I, I, I get it. I, I, I need that too. Exactly. I think everyone needs to detach what, to what extent though is, is them. Um, what I'm learning as I kind of discover where I am as far as 
me and the spectrum goes without, you know, I'm not going down the road of uh, getting diagnosed and all that shit at this point. But what I am doing is talking more with people who are on the spectrum or have things like, and have things like ADHD, autism, because that's what the spectrum means at this point. Pretty much a lot of mental disorders can be traced back to being on the spectrum, which is why they've termed it that. So by interacting, it's, I've started to learn and realize more that it's an individual journey and a lot of the better sources and um, I would say medical professionals are the ones, at least with helping with kids and stuff getting diagnosed at this point, that are recognizing that it is a unique journey and to treat each one individually because you really don't know. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't know, you know, how telling this is. People have asked me if I'm on the spectrum, and I, I never thought that I was. I thought these things were just parts of, like, I don't know, the PTSD or maybe some sort of other disorder that's related to that or something. And then people were like, are you on the spectrum? I'm like, I don't think so. But honestly, who fucking knows? I, ne I never exactly. uh, pursued that either. I don't fucking know. It's and, genetic. And like you said, it's so broad. Who fucking knows? Yeah, it's genetic. As much as people want to blame it on vaccinations and blame it on this and blame it on that and you know sure it there's statistics it may be true whatever whatever however oh, at the core of it, it's a genetic I disease no that I have no clue. multiple generations can have i can trace back multiple family members that i'm pretty positive um are or were on the spectrum my dad included i mean and my my nephew i know he he's being tested and stuff like that last i knew uh, for different stuff. So it, it's, you can watch it within family generations. So if there's a touch of ADD or ADHD or autism anywhere or whatever that meets the spectrum, it can go back multi-generations. Yeah, no one in my family, I don't think, would know. I don't know if they, like, would have had a diagnostic. I think I think everybody in my family has undiagnosed ADHD, like, and I think I do, too. But but who knows? Like, like I just don't fucking know. And that's what I'll say. The vaccines, I don't fucking know. I don't, I just don't know. It's not my area of expertise. I don't know enough to know about that stuff. I just know, the one thing I know is that I don't fucking know, and I'm comfortable with that. Exactly. I mean, there's a lot of theories out there, you know, whatever, and ultimately... It's medicine is medicine. We do live longer because of what we are able to take as far as medications, and that includes vaccinations. However, you know, again, it comes down to respect. If people don't want to be vaccinated or do whatever, like, just don't force that on people. That's all. Yeah, you I know. agree with that. Like, <laughs> let me do what I want. You do what you want. I, I'm, I'm agreeing with that too. I don't. And like if you want to sit there and debate it out, you guys can. But I'm walking away. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't have time you know. for that debate shit. I spent 30 years of my life debating with people on things like, will the internet? I was on Facebook. Then I switched to Twitter. I was like, you know what? You can't even debate in 140 characters. This is a better platform for me. This is not conducive to my bad habits. Now they expanded the characters. I'm not going to get back into that. I've, I've broken free of the, of the poll. But like, I was on Facebook fucking around. Like, I've, yeah, I had to get away from that. Um, you yeah, know, I, I usually, if, if I catch somebody who's trying to catfish me into a debate, debate, I usually just tell them to go fuck themselves. Um, yeah, you don't want to, well, that'll, that could be your idea. Or but. I'm learning to not respond. I, I'm learning to just, you know, just walk away or whatever. But in the past, 
I would say if I noticed somebody's response was kind of goading me to react, I was like, fuck off. <laughs> well, better, better that. And then I'll say fuck off and I'll start cursing. I'll go right in. I got to say like nothing. I, I got to look away. I can't even say fuck off. They'll be like, fuck, I'll be like, fuck off. They'll be like, yeah, you fuck off. I'll be like, tell me fuck off. Like, I'm like, I'm, no, 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 no. I got to I got to get out. But let me, I was going to say, let me switch gears for a second. Um, what, what, um, so we went through all the, the kind of like the backstory, you know, I understand why you left. I understand there's some of it that's like not going to be talked about and I'm never going to, you know, I don't push boundaries on people, but I appreciate you sharing what you were comfortable sharing. You know, that kind of brings us closer to like the now. Do you want to talk yes. about with like, you know, what are you focused on right now? And then kind of lead into yes. like, what are, you know, what has you thinking about maybe going back and like kind of bring us to the present? Yeah, totally good. Um, you know, I also realized with, we never finished the first in line thing. Um, so that's a good segue anyway. Yeah, we'll come right back but, in. We'll circle, yeah. circle, circle back. Full circle, baby. Go. It works. Um, but when, so end of 2021, they put out, a, there was a questionnaire put out by the person who's the main admin in the community uh, for people to join as moderators. So I was like, sure, I've moderated in other communities, a large, a decent sized one and stuff. So I put that on the questionnaire and everything um, and it was offered. So great. One of the things, though, that I noticed when I came back in 2021, that things were different in the community. It was quieter. There were different admins. It was not as busy. And then eventually some of the admins left and then it became just one admin and I'm just kind of like, what, what's going on? So when the questionnaire was put out, it was also like, okay, well, at least there, there's something going on that at least there's progress back to having more people helping. Um, so I started moderating and then at the same time, that's when I was getting back on my feet from a homelessness so I was starting to pair up with Anupam, who actually just joined in, um, who's in India, in India um, with some of my business plans. So, you know, coinciding with that moderate, setting up the moderation, um, I was setting up an eBay flipping business and some of the other business plans that I have still in the works. Um, so I would say at present, um, I'm working to expand the sales business and possibly moving soon. And we're in the progress of setting up sorry, some of the other I, what, business what, what, ventures. What are you selling in the sales business? I'm sorry, I missed that. That's okay. Uh, so right now we sell on eBay predominantly. Um, so pretty much I do what people call the flip life in the Gary oh, world. Oh, flip life. I'm so sorry. I don't know why I blanked for a second. I'm like, okay, no, I'm, I'm back. Okay. <laughs> I'm um, back you know, for me, I have been using eBay on and off for a long time, selling and buying. So for me, I had never actually heard of the term flip life until I left being a witness and joined the Gary V world and suddenly realized, Oh, there's a whole community of people doing this. Okay. Do you target <laughs> I got this shit. Like, do you go like mugs, like mug life kind of thing? Do you go like um, garage sometimes. sale, trash talk style? Like look for sneakers. Like, you know, there's, there's so many angles. 
Yeah, that's kind of what I'm working on right now is content development as far as what I'm sharing and things like that. But for me, I knew because of my past tries with the flipping side of things that um, I could do it. And I knew pretty much how I wanted to get it set up, but I didn't have much funding. So at first I focused, focused on cheap value, low, low value items, just because it was a very low cost point to get started with. Um, for me, I know getting into any sort of flipping, shipping business of any kind is best to start at a low cost point just so that way you can get your feet wet without necessarily having to invest thousands and thousands of right. dollars. Right, oh, flip your way up. Exactly. I mean, it's sales. And the other aspect is for me, I'm really good at sales because of my witness background and all that stuff. And yeah, they don't make no for an answer. Exactly. Um, and my parents also took us as kids to a lot of garage sales and thrift stores and everything. So for me, I still, I love going garage sailing. I love touching all the different items and seeing what people have and making offers and walking away from the dicks and then being nice to the people who are way too nice. And I'm just like, uh, I, I know that you have this sticker that says $5, but you just offered for me to pay you three without me even asking how much was this. They basically, will, there's, I would say I call them like the soft, nice buyer where they just come up to you and say, oh, you want that? Uh, take it for $3 instead of what they have it stickered for at five. They don't even but give me I the option for them, you're probably the third person looking at it and two people walked away and they're like, okay, uh, three, three. Right. That one. So coincidentally, there's a, so I have the espresso maker. I, I bought it from the, the business for myself, but that guy, I ended up because of that interaction though. So I'm very particular about how I interact with the buy, the sellers at the garage sales and all that shit, because Again, it goes down to category categories, and so I get a feel for them just by watching them interact with the other people and how they interact with me as I walk around looking at items. Well, he happened to have a really big set of books. He probably had, I think the final count was about 275 books that I ended up getting for $30. So Wow, that's, that's cheap. Right. And the way I did it, instead of being a dick about it, because he was nice, I'd already talked to him about the espresso maker. And then he was really nice. Like he was giving away some of the sporting goods to some of the kids that were coming with their parents and like just a really nice guy. Okay. So I asked him about the books and there's, I'm still going through the books and I've made a really good profit at this point based on what I spent. And how it also helped me lower my price point for the other books that I had. So it was a huge win. But the way I went about it was because he'd been nice. And so when I asked him, hey, how much would you take for all the books? And he looked at me with, you know, like all the books. I said, yeah, all the books. How much would you take for all the books? And he's like, well, I, I mean, I don't know. What do, you, what do you think? And here's the thing. In sales, I believe that there comes up where you're too manipulative. 
and you have to stop. Um, I could have said $20 and he would have given me those books for $20. I chose to, to say, well, I mean, you weren't expecting someone to say how much for all the books. What do you think is a reasonable amount for all of these books? And he thinks right. about Wanted it. He's like, well, I mean, exactly. Um, so he said, well, I mean, do you think 30 is too much? I'm like, you know what? 30 is perfect. Yeah, because it's a place between his comfort and, you know, you getting. I already did the math. If exactly. there were about 300 books, it's 10 cents. If I'm off by a little bit, I already know I'm spending 10 to 15 cents on these books. At $30. Nominal uh, haggle there. <laughs> that was a good move. Exactly. And, like you said, you could have done 20. He seemed to be like totally unsure. But, you know, you gave him yeah. the extra. And, and you made a great flip on it. I, I love yeah. that. Now, uh, at work, I, I will be a dick. Because at work, it's sales. I mean, you, you brought up Inc. Authority. That's um, their business formation and maintenance company. I wholeheartedly trust their shit. Because I've worked there for two years. And I do not sell at just anywhere. I'm very picky about what I will sell and who I will sell for. I will walk away from a deal. I did back in January, something that I thought was going to be a great opportunity at the beginning of the year. And I was nervous about walking away, but I didn't feel good about the lead source. And I'm glad I did because that's an example where in sales, especially business, you, you have to trust your gut and if it doesn't smell right you walk away you know um but at work it's i started as a sales rep so it's predominantly sales reps so in my opinion if i'm going to offer to buy something from you and you're not going to be smart about how do you negotiate i'm going to walk all over you dick um yeah so, i mean it's your job that's different then then you're in like, like a professional environment they know you're calling from a company they know the deal they know you're selling like well, not the clients i'm talking about the people i work with i i love the clients that that's no i'm talking about my coworkers because like sometimes they'll give away bonuses and like gift cards and shit so this one time for example um i won a 25 dollars nordstrom rack gift card and then one of the guys on my team skyler he won the same amount for Nordstrom and he's like I'm never going to use this and I'm kind of like I'm never going to use this either hey Skylar can I buy that off of you he's like yeah he's like uh I was like how much do you want for it Skylar like ten dollars perfect I knew that between if I could get the 50 I could sell that on eBay for 45 and it instead of you know he's a nice guy and I like him and hopefully one day he listens to this and it's funny but <laughs> um, well, what he agreed to you know like like people people he's, have no he's in sales yeah. he's in sales he should have gotten the price out of me exactly you, you you sell into a salesman that's on him there's I have no sympathy <laughs> I have no sympathy for a salesman being sold I'm sorry you, exactly. if you're in the industry, you should know you should see it coming. Exactly. I, I, I let myself be sold all the time. I know when I'm walking into a sales situation, even if it's being hidden, like I know. I, I, <laughs> and I, if I don't want to be there, I'll walk away. I'm, 
Hey, I worked in sales. I'm uh, I'm not gonna be sold. You should you should just hit another client. They're so discouraged. Exactly. They're like, really? I'm like, yeah, dude. I used to be you. Just get out of here. I will with all due respect. That. With all... I'll just be like, hey, you know, thanks. I understand, but you have a good one. Bye. You know. Um... <laughs> just ask how strong they come on. I match their uh, enthusiasm. Now, Britt, real yeah. quick, we are we are coming down into the final ten, which we could just we could finish out the conversation, or I always give the guests the option to do a call to action. So I don't know if you want to like shout out Go the name it. of your eBay channel type thing, or however you want to self promote, and or however you want to spend the you know the final ten here, and then you know we'll close out. But this is just I just want to say also it's been an amazing journey. I love the story. I love going through the the backstory, the intuition, the the connection to God, the conflict the overcoming all of it i love it bringing us to the present now you're hustling you're grinding you got fucking gary v on your brain you got positive messages you're in a community you're moderating you're connecting with other positive people we're connecting <laughs> i think i'm a positive person i think you're a positive person i think we could only just increase positivity that way so i love all of it and just fucking you know take the show take the mic and however you want to promote and you know like i said we'll go from there exactly um i would just say the biggest things is you know, strongly recommending the first in line community, whether it's people listening now or listening to the recording later. Um, it's gearing up for more, especially with the chat, like you mentioned at the beginning. There's a lot of going on, and I'm starting to post on Twitter as well as Instagram about some of the first in line posts. So, because I A, notice where I believe they're putting advertising. I'll probably try to confirm that soon in meetings, but um, I watch what platforms a lot of the people are saying that they heard about the community from and stuff like that, or where they're predominantly watching Gary V on, and then just kind of putting it out there. So, and then out here with Twitter, of course. So, um, but what I'm finding is that a lot in the Facebook community do not know who Gary Vaynerchuk is. They just join because of an ad and they're just like, why am I here multiple times? So I strongly encourage anyone that is in the V friend, Gary V world, anything to get their asses <laughs> in that community and just continue spreading what we see here on Twitter and other places that we do join in with those in the community, because we don't, we know Gary, we understand the genuineness and the help that he's providing people and we can continue to do that in the community and keep spreading things as we keep going along having fun yeah i don't have a, a religion like i said but i'm down to spread the gospel of me i'm with you on that <laughs> I, you know it's funny because one of the things i will say about gary that i don't talk about much at this point i'll probably write about it but I honestly find a lot of what he has to say is actually quite spiritual and scriptural in nature, even though he is not spouting that and does not necessarily tote to any of that. Um, I don't necessarily know what his personal beliefs are, but I, Jewish, but don't quote me on that. I well, I know that his background is Jewish, but he spouts Christmas and shit, so it's kind of like, Neh. right? Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> one second but whatever the case the genuineness the qualities and just spreading happiness and love <coughs> that's highly spiritual 
I totally agree. People joke that like V Friends is a cult, and I'm like, yeah, I, I'm in. I'm it's a, it's the best cult I've ever been a part of. It's it's not a it's fucking brainwashing cult. Cult of positivity and happiness, and no gurus or like religion. So I guess call it a cult if you want. But I think it's just a fucking really cool group of people. But call it whatever the fuck you want. I'm in. Exactly, it's a good one to be in. It's a very rich community. There's a lot of great people. <coughs> Sorry, I'm getting dry. You're all good. We're almost out. <coughs> but as far as me goes, just follow me on Twitter. Connect with me. I'm genuinely interacting with people and getting to know them and just happy to share. I was going to say, like, do uh, you want to shout out your website or blog or the link or whatever? Sorry, my the soft launch for my blog site is Brits2Cents.com. And the eBay sales, the storefront is one cha-ching sales one. If you want me to, I can drop it in the comments later, but that's up to you. Yeah, for sure. Promote. That's what I'm saying. Like, we close out here. We always end with guest self-promotion. So put out your links, put out your call to action, tell people where to follow you, tell them where to click. Tell them where <laughs> well, <laughs> I will drop the eBay link, the Brits Two Cents, and the first in line. That just in case people want to join in there as well for some fun. Perfect. So I'll just ask you one more time. Any other last words, last mic drop moment? If not, you know, we'll go into the outro and we'll close out. But I just want to make sure I'm giving you the full space to, you know, get whatever last words you want out before we close. I appreciate that. Um, just thanks for the opportunity. I've been pushing myself to a point where I'm actually ready to fulfill on the goal of joining in on a podcast as well as setting one up. I went in before about 20 minutes before this started and set up all the YouTube channels for the stuff I am working on, all the projects, including the sales business and Brits Two Cents. Um, I made sure they're all set up because I am planning some shit at this point because I, I joined a podcast. I finally did it. Uh, you know, why not continue that perpetuation of just trying and not hesitating and it, just fucking do it. <laughs> Perfect. So Brit is going to do it. Brit is going to launch a podcast. Brit, if you need help launching a podcast or whatever, I'm definitely down to, you know, help you or tell you whatever I've done so far. I'm not like monetizing at the moment, but if you just need like basic setup or whatever, you want to do it the way I'm doing it or other ways, you know, I, I know a few different ways that I didn't go with that I found researching when I started. Another thing I'll say is we got Web3 Stoop in the building right here. I don't know if you've been to yes. his spaces, the Web3 Stoop. Awesome. Oh, yeah. I feel super comfortable in there. I love his spaces. His name's Ian. My name's Ian. Yep. There's there's just pure gold right there. I love all Ians of the world. We, we got to stay and in the Council in. of Ians. That's a group on Facebook. I'm sorry we can't let you in like the first in line group because you're not an Ian. It's just, it just is what it is. Right? But uh, he won't join anyway. He keeps saying he's not on Facebook and won't use it. So I stopped <laughs> but, bothering him about it. That's funny. Well, yeah, I, I'm I not think, on there I anyway. I think is Puggin in, in first in line? I don't know. I know Anukam sure. is because, you know. Yeah, I'm so, I just, I'm still finding out who's in there. But like I said, Web3 Stoop <clears throat> definitely has a great um, space for the mm -hmm. B-Friends. On Fridays, he does celebrate your win. So if you got anything you're hype about and you just want to hype up, yep. you know, with some people who are going to give you some positivity, fucking Web3 Stoop <laughs> on the Fridays. Um, and that's it. 
close out. We, so I just we want- had some pineapple talk on Friday. It was great. So yeah, okay. definitely join in anytime. It's about it was, friends, it's, I was listening fuck. tonight. It was great. So yeah. And with that, I want to thank you for coming on the space. You have been a pleasure. I always fucking enjoy these conversations. I've enjoyed every single one. I will continue to. That is manifest. As it is said, so it shall be. Um, we thank God again, the universe, source, whatever you believe and want to call it, for providing these spaces, giving this energy, you know, get me to a point in my life where I'm comfortable doing this. Now you're comfortable doing this. Now you're going to get started. It's like, you know, one exactly. candle, light a hundred candles, but it still keeps its flame yes. kind of thing. It's that magic. So, you know, thank you to God, to the universe. Thank you to the listeners, Web3 Stoop, Puggin, um, Anupam. I think there was some other people in here before. If you listen to the whole thing later, thank y'all for stopping by. Um, you know, check us out. You know, we're on Anchor, uh, Spotify, and Apple Podcast. When I upload the full episodes, it's Kowski's talking about life. You know, like, retweet, share if you got value. If you don't, don't do that shit. You know, don't chill for no reason. But if you liked it, appreciate it. And that's it. The last message we always close out on is if you haven't heard it today, a message from our friend Afakasi Brand, who runs the barbershop space, is also a chill space. If you haven't heard it today, you are loved. There's always light and dark in the universe. We've talked about God, spirituality, uh, intuition. But another way to think of things is that there's a oneness beyond it all. And that oneness we could see is the force of creation that, you know, created the bing bang, the universe. What creates life in humans? You know, sex. But what's sex? It's a form of love. And that's just as circuitous way to say that all the energy in the universe is love. You are not only loved, but you are love itself manifest, incarnate and conscious. But if you haven't heard it today, you are loved.